Heart to Heart Catholic Media Ministry presents Lessons from the School of Suffering. A young priest with cancer teaches us how to live. Written by Father Jim Willig with Tammy Bundy. Father Jim Willig courageously began to record this audiobook, but when the demands of cancer overwhelmed his strength, he asked his friend, Brian Patrick, to complete the reading. Brian touches our hearts as he finishes chapter one and continues reading this extraordinary journey of prayer. Chapter 5 Guidance and Peer Counsel When the Spirit of Truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth. John 16, verse 13 One of the most common feelings of people who have cancer or who are facing some other serious illness that enrolls them in the school of suffering is feeling we have lost control of our lives, which is a basic human need. With cancer, it's as if all of a sudden, not even knowing how it happened, we have lost the remote control to the TV screen called our life. Before I walked into the doctor's office and entered the school of suffering, I was in control. In this new life, with renal cell cancer, I want to hold the remote control too. But I am not in control of anything, my schedule, my emotions, my body, my future. This can leave a person feeling incredibly vulnerable, dependent, and confused. When that confusion struck me, I felt desperate. It's amazing how this desperation shows itself. I began attending healing services. I visited visionaries. Someone sent me curative dirt from New Mexico. I looked at it and thought, what am I, crazy? Then I rubbed some on my chest, just in case. I found myself doing things that before I would have found to be totally irrational. Someone gave me water from Lourdes. I drank it, thinking it was the closest I could get Lourdes water to the cancerous tumors in my lungs. When people gave me medals for this saint and that saint, I collected them all in a bowl. I realized if I were to wear each of the medals I had been given by thoughtful people, the weight of it would become so heavy, it too would become a cross. I received special holy cards, pictures of saints and novenas to pray. Special cards from religious shrines that promised candles would stay lit for me, and special herbal teas and vitamins poured in by the gallons. I was given more books and articles about healing than a person could ever read in five lifetimes. I could have started my own little store. But I looked at all these gifts that were focused on my healing and thought, why not? Bring it on. The other thing people gave me freely was advice. I heard about so many people's relatives who had cancer, just like mine. So many well-intentioned individuals would come up to me and tell me about someone they knew who had cancer and what I needed to do to be healed. I received some good advice and medical referrals, and I received some not-so-good advice as well. I felt so much love and yet so much confusion. People told me about places to go, people to see, special doctors, clinics, and healers to contact. Little by little, I tried many of these things until I finally realized that I would not have time to be a pastor if I were to continue to try each and every healing method sent my way. There simply were not enough hours in the day. When a person feels desperate and out of control, 
He is willing to try most anything. This is why one of the best gifts a person can give to someone who is suffering is to be careful about offering advice. It became apparent to me that I had no idea which one of the many words of advice and healing methods that I had been given would actually lead me to the help and healing I needed. I realized the choices I made in this school of suffering would determine whether I am cured or not, whether I suffer a lot or a little, or whether I live or not. It seemed overwhelming. And so I did the only thing I knew to do. I went before the Lord and begged him to help me to decide. I said, Lord, you know I am not smart enough medically, nutritionally, and so on. Guide me to do what is right. I am a lost little child. Everyone is telling me what to do, and I am afraid I will make the wrong decision. I am afraid, Lord, that right now you may be showing me what you want me to do, but I'm going to miss it. Then I realized two basic truths. We are all children of God, and as children, we are completely dependent on God, our Father. God, like the perfect parent, wants more than we can imagine to help us, to guide us, and to enable us to be our very best. Before this realization, I had started to feel like my life was becoming a game show. I had been given three curtains to choose from. The Lord was the game show host, and he was telling me, if you choose the right curtain, Jim, you will live, but choose the wrong curtain, and it's curtains for you. But that's not God. That's not who God is. We must remember that. We are children. God is the perfect parent who is always offering his hand to guide us on the right path. The tricky thing is that, like a child, we want immediate answers. But God, the parent, doesn't lay it all out in one day. It takes time. It takes time to learn through his spirit. But God does speak to us. God speaks to us through the language of the spirit. God speaks to us through the signs of the Spirit. God speaks to us through the ways of the Spirit. As soon as I realized who I was, very dependent, and who God was, a most helpful and loving parent, only then was I open for learning these ways of the Spirit and how God directs us all. One of the first gifts that God gave me in this cancer journey was a spiritual companion director who for me has become my sole friend. I had been feeling the need to have one special person to help me work through all my thoughts, feelings, and struggles with my cancer. So I asked God to lead me to the right person. It was about that same time that my good friend, Father Michael Sparrow, offered to help me in any way he could. I recognized Michael's offer as an answer to my prayer. I began to share with Michael, my friend of 25 years, my deepest questions, my darkest doubts, and my most awful fears. Michael became the voice of God's spirit for me, helping me to sift through all this stuff, feelings, advice, messages, all the pressing decisions. And there were so many decisions to be made each day. Michael quickly realized what was happening, and he made a promise to me. He promised to always walk with me, to always be my companion on this journey. With the simple words of a precious promise, this Jesuit father became my soul brother. This was amazing, because before my cancer, I would kid Michael that he would never return my phone calls. Now he promised me he would always be available to me. His schedule is always wide open for me. Even though he is in Chicago and I am in Cincinnati, I talk to Michael once a week for about an hour. 
It did not take him any time at all to recognize his role with me in the school of suffering. This is such an important point. If God is calling someone to be a companion amid suffering, the person must understand the great responsibility this represents, just like Michael embraced his role with me. Sometimes I feel guilty taking up so much of Michael's time, but he is the one who always keeps the connection going by setting up the next conversation before the present one ends. And he keeps reminding me what a blessing this is for him. It must be nearly impossible to muddle through cancer alone. I found I needed the Holy Spirit and someone through whom the Holy Spirit would work to guide me. When I chose Michael, I did so because he is able to listen well, able to keep confidentiality, and is wise, loving, and compassionate. What I have learned through my relationship with my friend is that this is the foremost way in which the Spirit guides me. If I had to describe the relationship between Michael and me, I would have to refer to Scripture. I have often felt like we were the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Like those disciples walking along the road to Emmaus, devastated by the death of Jesus, so too am I walking along my road of life, devastated about this cancer. Michael walks alongside me, devastated about this cancer as well. During this journey side by side, we discuss these feelings and the many struggles associated with this disease. Whenever we talk, we always begin with a prayer to invite Jesus to join us in our conversation. I always believe Jesus does. And like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, joining Michael on this journey, Jesus has opened my mind to understand so much more. It is ironic that right before I found out about my cancer, Michael was with me in the Holy Land for that pilgrimage. One day, we actually celebrated Mass in Emmaus. I remember that we turned to each other at that Mass and said that we believe that the Lord has put each of us in each other's lives to be close companions and best friends so that we could help each other on our spiritual journey. It was a moment of enlightenment and encouragement for both of us to see ourselves as disciples on the road to Emmaus. That is an amazing prelude to the spiritual journey of my cancer walk that would begin a mere two weeks later. I have been blessed with many wonderful friends, but it is important to point out that a person really must have only one spiritual director companion. When we find these special persons, we will know it is right because of the ease with which we will share deepest joys and sorrows. Like the two disciples, we all can experience the Lord in our sharing. For most people, this may not be so much as a spiritual director companion, but more of a soul friend. In fact, this term more accurately describes my soul brother, Michael. This soul friend or companion, more than anything, will be the way that the Spirit of God will guide, support, and help a person who is struggling. The soul friend helps a person to filter the inevitable advice that comes from so many places. The soul friend will be that one person to talk it through, think it through, and pray it through with us. My soul brother has been an incredible blessing to me. To my surprise, Michael has told me repeatedly that I am a blessing to him. He has wisely pointed out to me that it is a gift to be able to share in someone's life journey and their vulnerability. This sharing of one's life journey and vulnerability can be especially hard for men. It is especially hard for Michael, who lost his dad to cancer two years ago. Truthfully, before the cancer took Michael's dad, Michael lost his dad to his dad's need for privacy. At a time of crisis, 
we often are tempted to close in around ourselves and not let anyone in. Michael's dad chose this kind of withdrawal to deal with his fear and anxiety of having cancer. By walking with me on my cancer journey, Michael tells me he can begin to find a peace that helps him close the gap left open by his father's death. When one person helps another heal, they both find healing. To see God in action like this is amazing. It is so clear that the way God helps us is through each other. So many times I have prayed, why don't you help me, Lord? And the Lord responds, I will help you through another person. This is the way of healing. It heals our hearts, our souls, our minds, and our bodies. I have come to learn that the school of suffering, as the name would suggest, is incredibly hard to get through. Without a special friend or companion to walk along the way with us and share our struggles, we would not learn some of the greatest lessons of life. Lessons. When we face any serious sickness or problem, we can expect to feel a loss of control and to be confused. We are all children of God, completely dependent on God. God, the perfect parent, wants so much to help and guide us. We need to share our feelings and concerns with someone we can confide in. God often helps us by sending us special people. When one person helps another heal, both find healing. Assignment. Turn to the Holy Spirit when you need guidance. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you to the right person to be your spiritual director, companion, or soul friend. Try to identify who it is the Holy Spirit is sending you. Share your feelings, concerns, and vulnerability with someone you trust. Prayer. My Lord God, I have no idea where I am going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end. Nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think that I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope that I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, I will trust you always, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death. I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Amen. Thomas Merton. Heart to Heart welcomes you back next week for another inspiring chapter from Lessons from the School of Suffering. If you are interested in purchasing a copy of the full recording of this audiobook, either on CDs or through digital download, or a print copy of the book, or other resources available through Heart to Heart Catholic Media Ministry, please visit our website, www.htoh.us. There, you can sign up to receive more inspiring content delivered to your inbox. Or call us toll-free at 1-877-208-4875 with any prayer requests you have 
or other help you may need. And please, as always, keep us in your prayers as well. Donations of any size are also greatly appreciated to help support this ministry. This audio recording is copyrighted 2023 by Heart to Heart Catholic Media Ministry. Thank you for listening, and may God bless your heart and the hearts of all of your loved ones.